the CEO of your life in biz? I'm Emily Alderson, and I'm on a mission to elevate the beauty industry one success story at a time. If knowledge is power and seeing is believing, imagine what could happen if you expanded your mind to the possibilities. What kind of shift could you make happen? This is Stories with Stylists. And welcome to Cosmo CEO, the podcast. I'm really excited for our guest today, Don Ambrose. She's been in the industry for 30 plus years and going strong. And so I'm really excited to kind of take you through her journey. We actually know each other in real life. We were roomies for a weekend, which was fun at a retreat. And so welcome, Don. Tell us a little bit about um, how you got into cosmetology. Okay, sure. Thank you, Emily, for having me today. And um, I was in high school. I was actually in the 10th grade when some of my friends were starting cosmetology. So at the time, my high school offered a cosmetology class right in the school, and it was a two-year program. So we had to get our hours. It was a 1,000 hours in order to take our New York State exam. So my friends were taking it. So I thought, well, that sounds fun because I really don't like doing math and science Mm -hmm. and social studies. So I'm going to sign up for that. So in 11th grade, I started cosmetology with about 35 other girls. And we went during our junior and senior year. And um, by the end of the senior year, there was only three of us that completed the full course to get our honors. And I can say the three of us are still strong and we're friends and we're still hairdressers working behind the chair. That's so cool. So did you do the courses on top of your regular school load? Yes. So there was two different options. There was a um, program where you could leave the school building for the day and go to another facility. It was like um, a hands-on type of a class or you could stay right in the building. So I thought I'll stay in the building. So three periods of the day instead of going to math. Well, I went to math and science and all that. So I did my regular classes, but three of the classes each day was cosmetology. So for two years of my high school, I went to cosmetology and um, it was really a fun experience. <laughs> so cool. I um, I don't think they offer anything like that in schools anymore, you know, and I think trades are so valuable because you can build such a business out of it. That's really neat that that was offered. For me, I knew that college was probably not an option. And in order to take the cosmetology class at school, it cost $75 for your kit. Wow. That's amazing. I had a 10-year loan for my... and even that was a struggle for me and my family at the time I mean that was a long time ago but $75 got me my kit got me my first pair of shears and all the things I needed to start my own career that's so cool and then where did you go from there so you get your license what was your next step So while I was in high school, I got a job at a hair salon working as a receptionist. So I worked there for two years. Now, when I graduated from high school, I was 19. And the people there at the salon knew me, the customers knew me. Um, So they watched me go from receptionist to shampoo girl to hairdresser. 
but the people that didn't know me were kind of like, so you're kind of young. Yeah. How long have you been cutting hair? Sure. And it might have been a month that I've been cutting hair, but what I would say to them was, well, I've been a hairdresser for two years. And it wasn't a lie. Because right. they want to know that this girl just got out of beauty school and now she's going to process my hair with chemicals. It is so hard. I remember when I first started, nobody knew me. So I just lied and said three years, (laughs) just bold face lie, because I felt like that was like enough time to still seem new, but is still a little established. And then I I still have clients to this day that were my first clients then. And every once in a while, they'll be like, so how long have you been doing this now? And I'm like, what did I tell you in the beginning? (laughs) Some of them I've told that I totally lied to them and now it doesn't matter. But yeah, it is one of these things because everybody has to be like your first year, you know, that's how you get that experience. Oh yeah. And when I look back at some of the pictures of like my family, mom I'm like wow that was a really short haircut mom I'm sorry (laughs) but that's okay yeah did you have any um mentors or people like did you assist for anybody assisting wasn't really a thing or it wasn't a thing in my area I wasn't too familiar with that I'm not really all that familiar with it even now, to be honest with you. I haven't known many people. It's like here in my part of the country, I don't know of a lot of assisting, but we had um, like a step up program. So as a receptionist, I worked for a while. And then when I got my license or my temporary license, then I was legally allowed to like touch people. So then I was the shampoo girl. And I kind of worked under like 12 people. So we had 12 hairdressers and I guess I was assisting them. So technically, I guess that is the program. Okay. Um, but I never worked under someone directly. Would you, so you would shampoo, but then would you just kind of sit and observe what everyone was doing? Yeah, I was just in charge of like the shampooing area, um, processing perms, rinsing out colors, folding towels, sweeping, but then also watching. The biggest thing for me working in the salon for those two years and as a shampoo tech, um, was listening to how hairdressers talk to clients, how to ask the questions, the things that you don't learn in school, and how to deal with people that maybe are having a bad day, or they're not sure what they want to do with their hair, or maybe they don't really like what somebody did to them. So for me, that was the best part of working in the salon environment before I did stand behind the chair, because you don't learn those interactions in beauty school. You don't learn how to take care of somebody in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I found that really um, valuable too when I was assisting. Yeah. Just sitting and watching the different interactions and everybody has their own version of it, which I think is great because, well, one, you can either take what you want from it and okay, I'm going to do it like that. How I like the way that he does that, or I like the way she does that. I'm definitely not doing it like that, you know, but also, um, the clients are so varied. So your personality and how you deal with things in the beginning, I didn't really realize that I thought you just had to learn how to deal with everybody. And then as I got more established in my career, I realized actually I don't have to deal with people like you, you know, and this is the way that I'm going to run my business, kind of take it or leave it. But I think there's somebody for everyone. What would you say is your style? Like what can clients expect from you? I think 
from what I have been doing. Um, I'm easygoing to a certain point. I expect you to be on time because I'm going to be on time for you. But I, what I really enjoy with my clients, especially new people, I try to do this with my regulars also, but it's a little bit harder because I already know what they want. But I always try to, if somebody comes in and says, I just want a haircut, you know, while I'm just doing the regular haircut that they have, I will interject different things to them. Like, have you ever thought about doing some highlights? They don't know what a highlight is or they don't know what their hair could possibly do with a highlight. So I like to explain to them and I say, you know, we're not doing it today, but it's just fun to look at some colors or some pictures, you know, this is what your hair could do or some kind of a treatment or something, you know, if they're having an issue with their hair, did you ever think about having this treatment done? And then they're like, well, no, I didn't, but maybe someday I will. And sometimes that might be like six months down the road or two years, or in last week's case, five years, I've been trying to do a keratin treatment on someone and they finally let me do it, which I was over the moon with, but sometimes people just don't know. So I just like to give the information more as a share than like a hard sell or like we have to do this today because people don't necessarily want to do that. So I just like to share whatever knowledge or experience I have in something that they might appreciate having done. Yeah, I love that. Um... I kind of feel like that too. It's so interesting. You know, we were talking about being in cosmetology school and the things that you learn and what we learn is so important, the safety, the sanitation, the chemical yeah. reactions to things, but that guest experience, that interaction with another person, having to sell retail, having to tell them what your prices are, like everything around that it's uncharted territory. And it does kind of feel like you're like jumping off a cliff sometimes when you just like get into the salon and, and have to do it. But yeah, you, um, speaking of retail, so you work with Monet and it's a little bit unique to um, the traditional selling retail out of salon. So how do you get involved with that? And how do you utilize it in the salon? Um, how do you, the salon owners feel about it? And tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So first of all, I am a booth renter. So I'm able to use basically whatever I want while I'm at the salon and in my chair. Um, I was, in, I was a hairdresser for about 27 years. I think I've been with money almost three years. And I was just burnt. I was burnt out. I was just burnt. I was done with it. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was tired of everything because it felt like I tried everything. And I was trying new products. I would go into Target and buy organic and natural. I would try things from all the beauty stores. I was just looking because I was just bored. And I've taken the classes, I've learned all the things, but yeah, I always feel like I don't know everything because I'm not the best hairdresser in the world. I'll be the first to say it. Nobody is. There's always room for growth. And at the same time, um, Instagram, this thing, Instagram was kind of like, hmm, I don't know what this is. So I would just watch and learn different things. And somehow out of nowhere, I have no idea. I started following this person. She was so cute. She was a hairdresser. So I was getting inspired with her. She would do things to her hair and make it pink and make it blonde. And she was just cute. So I'd watch her. And one day she started talking about this line. And I thought, I never heard of that. It can't be any good. It's not for me. Nine months of that, I was like, huh, maybe I should try this because I'm looking for all these things. Everybody wants 
organic and natural and clean and anti-aging. So I'm just going to go for it. And I bought into the whole thing. I spent a ton of money. And then I was so scared because I never even tried it. I didn't use it. I didn't smell it. I didn't know anything about it, but I spent a lot of money. Yeah. I figured either this was just a business expense. Like I went to the beauty supply store and I bought my supplies or I just wasted a whole bunch of money. So I started using it and, um, I still followed this girl and she was the person that I bought it through. I started using the products and I kind of started thinking, wow, this is weird. I really like it. I don't know if it's okay to like it. I didn't tell anybody for about six weeks. And then some of my really good loving clients who trust me with anything. If I say jump, they'll say how many times. Yeah. Listen, I want to use this stuff on you. Um, and I told them about it. I said, this is what I know. This is what I've seen. And they all started using it. Um, I started seeing people's hair change. I started getting excited. I started learning more, which led me to other things. It's kind of broadened the horizons, I guess you could say for myself. Um, I completely help people with their hair. The reason that I like it so much is as an independent hairdresser, I don't have to stock it in the salon. They can get it directly from the company. It's made in America. It's based out of Miami. So we all love America. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, I don't know anymore, but I do. Um, I love the products. And out of that, it's led me to learn more about hair, hair issues. I love my hair. It's 100 degrees outside today. And with this is natural curl. In all of my life, I have never loved my curls, especially in the summer. I don't say that anymore. So it's just a great line. Um, And through that, I started a couple other things. That's how I got to the Ember Retreat, because I would have never known about that had it not been through the relationship with this girl. Led me to Ember Retreat, led me to meet you, led me on a weight loss journey from another product. Um, It's just really cool how people that you may or may not ever meet can inspire you and help you grow. I think it's cool. That's so cool. I, um, a couple things I wanted to talk about. So you said that you were following this person for nine months. And I think that's really kind of important to highlight because a lot of times we feel like we see these people on Instagram and they're doing really well and they have all of these followers and they're like showing up all the time and you think, oh, well, I'll just start doing things on Instagram and selling on Instagram and showing up. Um, but sometimes it feels a little bit daunting. So like, you watched her for nine months. That's a long time before you finally were all in. So I think that's a good message. Just be like, just keep going, just keep talking, just keep selling, just keep being yourself and, and showing up. And I always say, you was watching. Did you interact with her a lot or did you just watch? I just watched for a while for probably six to seven months. And then I was like, I think I want to try this. I mean, what can it possibly hurt? It was a new company. It still was in the baby steps. Um, So I signed up in November, end of November. I got my products in December. And by January, I was kind of starting to sell them to my clients. And most of them still, they all still use them. Um, But in like January, February, I said, okay, I'm going to meet her. This year, I'm going to meet her. 
and that September I met her and we're, we're really good friends. She's adorable. She lives on the other side of the country. I'm in New York, so she's on the far side, but that year I did meet her. Oh, cool. so, just another goal that I got to do. <laughs> I love that. What do you think? So what do you think led you to burnout? Cause I met you and, and it was only what, two years ago, but I feel like you're in such a different place now from there. So you had this long journey and then you hit burnout. Tell me what like that was like. I met you last year. Oh, oh well, last it's funny. Corona is like oh. in time. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing existed before. Oh, let me just tell you, since I met you, there's been so much that's changed <laughs> in my life. But pre that, before I met you, um, I, I have a son, he's 25. I was a single mom raising my son, trying to survive, doing what I always did because it worked. And as he was getting older and almost graduating high school, I realized uh, he's going to be like moving on soon. So I need to really focus on myself. And that's how I kind of started my fitness journey. Um, I bought a house. He was in 10th grade when I bought my house, my very first house. The first house I ever lived in, in my life, it was always rentals or whatever. Um, so the burnt out, I think, came from just constantly doing it, doing it because I did it yesterday and it worked. I'm going to do it again tomorrow because I'm afraid to try anything new. And I started branching out because my son needed me less. Um, and then I got married six years ago. So I'm not having to worry about all this scary stuff anymore. I have somebody to like back me up. It's like really nice. So the burnt out, I think, came from just not paying attention to myself, just doing what I did because I knew it would work. And then I got tired of that. I was like, something's got to change. I can't keep doing this. Totally. Um, tell us a little about, you have lost how much weight now? Well, in 2012, I was a size 24 type. <laughs> I would never buy anything bigger, but my biggest size was a, a size 24. And I'm tall, I'm 5'9". So I am now a size 10. So it's been a long journey. I've had a lot of things that I didn't realize with my health that I was able to take care of. And um, so now as we speak, the gyms are closed, 2020, it's been quite the interesting year, but my garage I transformed into a gym because I started working with a trainer in the spring and I'm training for a physical, well, I'm training for a physique competition. So I'm on a really hardcore diet right now, like really hardcore. And um, in November, I will be walking on a stage with a really nice tan and a custom made bikini doing my poses, which is crazy. <laughs> considering where I came from and I'm the girl that does not like anyone to look at me. Right. So I'm pushing myself to do it. I'm envisioning myself on that stage with my music playing, doing my posing and showing off the muscles that I'm making. <laughs> That's so amazing. I think um, a lot of people don't realize like how physical our industry is, standing all day, using our arms, just kind of like being up. And um, how do you think you navigated going through your weight loss? Did you try different things? What really kept you going? I mean, you run marathons now, which is crazy. 
Um, I'm a goal-oriented person. Once I set my mind to something, there's really not much that can stop me. I really want to do it, no matter how long it takes. If I'm not ready for the show in November, I'll do one next spring. Um, as a younger hairdresser, I learned proper form of how to stand, especially because I'm 5'9". I don't want to be old and hunched over. Right. So I learned how to you know, move my feet, move my back, position the chair and the clients. And new hairdressers that are starting out, especially the girls that are tall, I'm always after them. Like, this is what you look like. And they're like, no, I don't. I'm like, this is what you're doing. You have to change the way you are. Otherwise, you can't sustain this um, in order to do this. And I think with like the weight training that I'm doing, that's making my everything stronger. So it helps me to stand and be able to get through the whole day. I mean, this industry is really hard on our feet, our legs, our hips, our backs, our shoulders, our neck, everything, it really gets to us. So taking the time to stretch and whatever you do, if you do yoga, if you do cardio, weights, whatever, if you wanna sustain the industry, you have to take care of yourself, number one. And drink your water. <laughs> Drinking water is so important, I don't care. How many times do you have to run to the ladies' room? You have to drink your water. <laughs> I'll cheers you to that right now. I have my right water. here. I got right here. Drink water. <laughs> water break. I love that you said that because, yeah, I find um, the salon that I, I only worked in one salon my whole career until I opened my own, but um, it was owned by two men, which not to say male or female, but they're very like hustle kind of driven. Hairdressers yeah. don't have lunch. Like you don't have time to do this. And I would like turn into a camel for 12 hours and not eat or drink and just like get through the day. Um, and I look back and I'm like, no wonder I hit burnout. Like I'm so tired. You can't do that. No. When I started working in a hair salon, there were no appointments people, when we opened at nine, there would be a line at the door. Clients would come in, they would put their name in and they would sit there and wait for you or wait. They just waited. They didn't even ask when I started, they didn't ask for anybody. They just came in and you got the next hairdresser and you got the next customer and you just kept moving down the line. So it didn't matter if they had to wait two hours or three hours, they just waited. It was crazy in those beginning days, but you also learned that you had to be quick because you have all those people sitting there watching you so you can't take a break you can't go to the bathroom you can't take a drink you just got to keep moving those were bad days yeah. <laughs> those were really bad days <laughs> it's like an assembly line it totally was yeah. I, don't think, I, I don't think that's the experience that people look to anymore so you're 30 years in that you've seen the client want different things would you say along the years absolutely and they deserve better you know those early days it was just cut and go cut and go cut and go you didn't build a relationship with anyone you weren't able to remember from one time to the next oh i did your hair before oh what did we do you know now when my client sits in my chair there i can say to them how was your daughter's birthday party did she like her unicorn cake you know did your sister make it from Alabama or whatever? Like you, it, I don't write it down. I just know the conversation we had because this person means something to me. And I think because of that, I've had the same clients. My, my clients say, I remember when you were pregnant, 
he's 25 now, you yeah. know, I remember I have a few clients that like the first week I did their hair and I remember it. I'm still doing their hair to this day. So you give them a better experience when they come in. They trust you. They trust you with more than just their hair, which is so important because they wear it every single day. It makes them who they are, but they trust you with all the personal things and okay. advice and that's scary. <laughs> It's amazing what complete strangers will tell you when they sit in your chair. Absolutely. So you do get those people that will tell you everything right from the beginning. And then sometimes the relationship builds over the years. Yes. I think we have the best job ever. You know, I always tell my husband, did you see the dentist or the doctor or the lawyer? Did you see all those people? No, they weren't. But the hairdresser was there. The hairdresser gets invited to all of the fun things. Mm-hmm. And we get to be a part of so many things with our clients. It's it's like a family in some ways. I know. I always I used to do a lot of weddings. And I always wonder, like, how many wedding pictures I'm in or how many, like, albums, you know, of, like, putting yeah. this thing on and finishing that. <laughs> yes, it's the best. It is really, I, I love that part of the industry for sure. Okay, so let's talk about, so you get on with Monat, you're changing, you're like, I'm going to do things differently now. And then you end up at Ember Retreat, which is a treat, retreat for hairstylists. We were in Santa Barbara. Um, such a cool experience. I went by myself. You went by yourself. We just happened to um, get roomed together so that was kind of cool we're on different coasts yeah (laughs) what was that like and how have you like shifted from there that was terrifying (laughs) because I flew from New York to California all alone didn't know anybody didn't even know what I was doing there like what is this and I remember I said I was never a college person I didn't go to college so to room with somebody who I had no idea who it was I was scared out of my mind and I had messaged you and you never replied because I don't think you got it for a while or something. I was like, great. She doesn't even like me. Oh no. She doesn't like the girl from New York, which was ridiculous. It's embarrassing to admit, but it was life-changing. Hold on just a second. Yeah. Okay. So you fly from New York to California all alone. I don't, now I like want to go through my messages. <laughs> like, I feel so bad that you didn't get it. It might be on Facebook. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it was on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So just going, I'm going to sleep in a room with a stranger was Uh the weirdest thing. And I was doing one of my diet things and I was like, she's going to be so embarrassed. (laughs) It was funny because with the three hour time difference, Mm -hmm. I was awake super early and I did not want to wake you up. So I took one of my snacks out of my, out of my suitcase and I was in the shower eating it. (laughs) What? I didn't want to wake you up. That's so funny. I probably was tired too because I had like a small baby at home and I, I felt the same way. Like I had never, I was so shy as a child and I don't know, I ended up working in retail and then doing hair and stuff. So it kind of like forced me out of that in a way, but yeah, going away to camp. No, I did not do that. I did not like do things with strangers. I didn't even go to the movies alone. I've never done anything. And I did consider getting a room to myself and spending the extra money. But I was like, you know what, Emily, if you're going to commit to this, 
the goal for me, because I had hit that burnout too. And the same thing, I just did everything the same way because it was fine and it worked, you know? So when I made the decision to do the retreat, it was like, you will never do things the same way again. If you feel like, I'm going to do this because it's comfortable. You're doing the opposite. Like that was kind of the promise I made to myself. So I'm like, you're going to get a, you're going to room with a stranger and it's going to be okay. (laughs) Worst case scenario, I'll drive home, you know, but it was amazing. I met some of the best people, including you. I mean, everybody was awesome. My eyes were opened up. Like they had never, like I was a baby. Like I was brand new because I was like, this happens my business can be this way. Yeah. And there was so much, it was kind of overwhelming, which is why I can't wait to go to the next one. Because the way I look at it is you get the little bits and pieces that make sense to you at that time. Mm-hmm. And then another time you'll get more bits and pieces because you've evolved a little bit more. So when Jamie talked about things like your, um, your dream client, I was like, I don't have room for anybody new. Mm-hmm. I can't make these changes. I'm so set in my box right now. But let me tell you, in the past 14 months, everything is different. Yeah. I have made changes because my eyes were opened up. Mm-hmm. I've changed the way that I'm booking clients, um, the way that I'm even talking to clients. And I realized who my dream client is because they're me. I mean, I think we like to attract people like ourselves. I have so many clients that I would consider to be my dream client. The biggest thing for me is I moved my, I moved my salon from where I was working into a new space. I'm still a booth runner for now, but I have my eyes on my next goal already, which I can't talk about because it's (laughs) not ready yet. But to be, I've only worked in two salons in 30 years. This is my third salon and it was huge to leave where I was. Yeah. Beautiful where I am. My clients love it and I could not be happier. Yeah. We did talk a lot about that. Like you feeling very stuck where you were, um, and the dynamic within the salon and the owners and, and all of that. So, and I will agree with that. And won't say too much else about it. No, 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 no. We don't want to bash, but like, no, I think a lot of people do feel stuck sometimes. Um, and I, I don't know. It's, I think it's more to do with like, will the clients come along? Can I make the change? Is the rent going to be more? Is this going to like, we weigh all these factors instead of just listening to ourselves and trusting that it's for the greater good. I mean, there's no reason that any of us should show up to work and be miserable or to dread going to work the next day. Can I share just a little bit of a story? It's not really long. Okay. (laughs) I went to Ember Retreat. That was April of of 2019. And then in October of 2019, Jamie had this one day Mm -hmm. class. The live event, yeah. I flew to California for it. And it was, it was two days because the second day we went to Disney together. So I went and did that. And then when I flew home, I was like, okay, I've got this. I'm making changes. I'm going to go for it. And on my way home from a workout, the road I drive by all the time, it's a third of a mile from the salon I was working in. I realized there's a new salon 
it's opening. There's a brand new salon opening right there. And I had no idea. So I marched myself right in there. And I said, I would like to talk to the owner. They thought I was new, the state coming in to inspect. It was really uh, everybody's dread. <laughs> like, oh no. I'm like, no, no, no. I just wanted to see if you were hiring or if you're booth rental or what. So I spoke with the two girls that own the salon and that was October. And I was leaving. I was going to go there. I was going to work with them. This is a done deal. Um, at the same time, I had a client who was 93. I did her hair every single Wednesday. Her name was Winnie. And she told me that she was going to move to Washington State. She was going to live with her daughter to take care of her. Now, Winnie was like a grandmother to me. And I thought, if Winnie at 93 can move to the other side of this, the country, I can make a change. If she can make a change, I can make a change. So I decided to go to the salon. Well, what happened was they had issues with opening mm -hmm. and I waited for November, December, January. I'm like, I can't wait anymore. I've got to go somewhere. That's when I found the salon that I'm at. It's four miles away. I thought nobody's going to come with me, but everybody came with me. And the last day I did Winnie's hair, I, I wrote her this beautiful letter and the journey that we had been on together since I was 19. For 30 years, I did her hair every week and all the things that we did, because we did things throughout that time and how much she meant to me. And at the end of the letter, I said, because you're moving, you're making a change at this point of your life. I want you to know that I'm leaving this salon to start a new salon. And I handed it to her on the way out the door <laughs> because I didn't want her to tell anybody. <laughs> and then we talked several times um, and she did pass away in April peacefully with her daughter. And it really was beautiful because it was just how it was meant to be. She was just a cut. She was just a haircut to me 30 years ago. She was just the next person that sat in my chair, didn't mean anything. And it just slowly became a relationship that when she passed, I was one of the first people like with the family, they called me within 30 minutes of her passing. Mm -hmm. This is the best industry that we could possibly, that I could possibly be in because not only do I do things for my clients, but they do things for me. Like she, she didn't even know she encouraged me to restart, to, to move. And I just think all of that is because of this industry from the Instagram to the Instagram girl, to the money, to the Ember Retreat, to my diet that I learned from someone else. Like all of these things come together. I think it's cool. It's so cool. It really is. <laughs> what do you think will keep you going? Like how long will you do this? Well, my sister's also a hairdresser. She's three years younger than I am. And she took the same program in high school. And we joke about it because we're never going to stop. Yeah. Why would we ever stop? We've come this far. We always say we'll be the little old ladies in the nursing home with blue hair, at least doing each other's hair. So I guess because I have all this new stuff right now, I'm in a new salon, I'm working with new people. I'm revived because mm -hmm. where I used to be, everything was so negative. And if you tried anything new, they would make fun of you. So now I'm trying new things. And people are asking me questions. They want to know things from me. And I'm like, 
okay, I can share this with you. That's exciting that I've realized like maybe I have something to share with somebody. So, you know, I'm here to stay. As long as I can do it, I'm here to stay. But <laughs> what would you what is something you always ask a new client? Give little tips. Hmm. Well, I I guess I usually would ask someone what they don't like about their hair or something that maybe they've had done in the past that they didn't like because people aren't always sure what they like. They're not really sure what works, but they definitely know what doesn't work. You know, they'll definitely know like the last salon I went to, the hairdresser talked bad about everybody else, or, you know, I like to find out what doesn't work for somebody. It's kind of like a tricky way to find out what they want, mm -hmm. you know? So I guess, I guess it would be that. I like to know more, more than just what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great because I find that they'll say a lot of like, well, I don't know the technical term for whatever. I'm like, you don't worry about that. I know all of that stuff. You just tell me a little about about your day and how you do the things. But yeah, people definitely know, well, I definitely don't like this or I tried this once and that didn't work. So I think that's a, like a good way for us to kind of like sneak in what they actually know. And I always guess three ways, three, three things, like trying to get the same answer, but I always ask it in three different ways because they don't always know. I, when I first started out, I learned it the hard way. When the lady told me she wanted her hair cut over her ear and I cut it right over the top, short, short, short. And she was not happy. Yeah. And what makes it worse is you have two ears. So now I have to cut the other side short. So I always, I always learned like, there's gotta be three ways to ask somebody something. And I will straight up say, do you want it over the ear or over the ear? Yes. You know, just to be clear, especially yeah. if I've never done their hair before. That lady was sweet. She did get a free haircut and it does grow back. Right, right, right. <laughs> We've all had those where you're like, uh, oops, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and they don't really want to hear sorry. That's not really good enough. No, but what can you do? We're still, you know, humans doing this. I always, as, um, as ego boosting as it is when somebody says like, it was perfect last time and do it exactly that way. You're like, right, okay, but what did I do, <laughs> you know? Cause we don't have like a magical yeah. formula where it's like beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 do it just like that, you know? <laughs> it's so yeah. fun. Um, what would you say to somebody thinking about getting into the industry? How would you kind of encourage them to do that and to um, have the longevity that you've had? I think I've encouraged about four or five of my clients over the years okay. to actually get into the business. And I'll never do that again because I lost their mothers as clients. No. Right? <laughs> yes. You know, if somebody's really not sure what direction they want, for their life. You know, if they, I, I was shy. I think I still am shy, but I kind of think even though we're shy, it's like a one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. really. It's just you and the person in the chair. Um, and it works out well because we're usually standing over them. <laughs> so the shyness kind of goes away a little bit, but I, I just like to share with people that don't know where they want to go. It's kind of, it's fun and rewarding because you get to 
fix things for people when they're not happy about their hair. But I also tell them that it's hard. You know, it doesn't matter if your back hurts and you're hungry and you were supposed to leave an hour ago and people are waiting on you. This person is paying you for your time and they want to feel their best. So it is hard and challenging, but it's more rewarding when you finish the job and they love it and it makes you feel good, you know? Absolutely. It's like parenting. Like sometimes they're a nightmare, but the most part, you know, you're smiling and it's worth it. All the challenges you learn so much about yourself. Definitely. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. And I look forward to your journey. Where can people find you on social media? So on Instagram, I'm hairbydawn315. Actually, if you want to follow my journey for to the show that I'm doing, I'm Dawn S224. You can follow me there. I'm posting all the time. And then on Facebook, Dawn, Dawn Ambrose Hairstylist. Perfect. So, great. <laughs> hey, well, thank you so much. And it was so good catching up with you. Thank you, Emily. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, and I know you did, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love hearing from other stylists, so take a screenshot of the episode and tag me in it at Mindful Hair by Emily. If you have a story to share and would like to be on a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you guys next Monday with more Stories with Stylists.